Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is author and artist Bunny Michael. We all have a higher self and we can access our higher self once we start unlearning the false beliefs from our culture and our trauma that taught us we're not enough. So get cozy and join us as I answer listeners' questions and we all unlearn from each other's problems. Welcome to Exo Higher Self. Welcome. Hi. I am so happy to be back after our months long break. Welcome. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Bunny. I'm glad that you're here. We have been on a break from doing new episodes since September of 2023. Now we are back and we are fully independent, no longer with our podcast network. So me and my partner, Kara Gilvey, who are the co-producers, are doing it independently. We have also brought in an old team member from the very beginning of the podcast, our really good friend, Michael Bahari, who is our sound engineer. And he also did the um, original music for the pod. He's back on the team. So we're the three musketeers again, and it feels really, really great. So much has happened in the past few months. Lots of challenging things, Um, lots of really exciting things. I hope that you've been holding up okay. One of the really exciting things that's happened is my book is finally available for pre-order. I'm so excited. It's called EXO. No, it's not called EXO Higher Self. (laughs) That's funny. Um, no, it's called Hello Higher Self, an outsider's guide to loving yourself in a tough world. This book has been a long time coming. I am ecstatic to share it with you, and I cannot wait for you to read it because so much of what we do on this podcast, and I and I hope that I'm helping you with, is unlearning learned hierarchical beliefs or LHBs. Learned hierarchical beliefs are the beliefs that are conditioned in us by our culture, our socialization, our trauma that taught us to feel like we are not inherently good enough. And so we're always chasing all of this outside validation. We're always trying to climb higher on this hierarchical ladder that is based on a fundamental belief that some people are more worthy than others. And our world has been 
organized around LHBs. So what I did in this book is each chapter is about a different area of life and I break down the historical, cultural context of the LHBs that we are conditioned with about these areas of life from body image to race to dating to breakups, all kinds of things. Um, And I also break down the LHBs that are trauma or difficult experiences from childhood ingrained in us about ourselves and lead us to judge ourselves, treat ourselves badly, not ever really acknowledge our inherent worth. And they cause a lot of problems and a lot of our LHBs are very unconscious. And even the ones that we are somewhat conscious of, for example, you know, Eurocentric body image stuff or things like that, it doesn't really change the fact that they're difficult to let go of. So what I do in my book is I break those down. I compare them to the higher self perspective, which is actually the truth of who we are, the realization that we've always been enough and that everybody is inherently worthy. And when you look at the world from the lens of your higher self, your life begins to change. And I'm telling you, it works. And even though our LHBs can be powerful and sometimes they're more or less difficult to listen to, when you start using the mythologies in my book, it will make a huge difference. And I am just so excited for you to read it and to develop some of these practices that I've been working on for a really long time that I implement in my life that has made a world of difference to my joy, my self-acceptance, my happiness. So this book, Hello Higher Self, I'm really hoping can help you get more connected to your power, the power that you've always had within you. I just, I can't go on enough about how excited I am. Plus the book also has a bunch of personal stories of mine, anecdotes about different things that taught me about my higher self. You know, some of them sad, some of them funny. Um, The book is kind of long. It's like over 300 pages, but you can even do a chapter at a time. You can do some journal prompts at a time because each chapter at the end has journal prompts about each of the areas of life that we're trying to unlearn our LHBs from. So there's a lot of different ways that you can use this book. It's definitely not a book that you have to sit and read the whole thing at once. You can take your time with it. Um, it's it's very interactive. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm really, really excited. You can pre-order it now and I will link pre-order links in the show notes. It'd be great to get your early support of the book. A more somber topic before we get to answering listener questions, I do want to acknowledge the difficulties that we as a collective, as a global community have been going through the past few months since the ongoing genocide happening in Gaza, all of the conflict as a result, colonialism all over the world to witness all of this stuff. And we're living in a time right now with technology and social media that we can't ignore it, even if we tried to ignore it. And I don't think we should be ignoring it. We are one global family. And when other people are suffering in the world, it is our responsibility to bear witness to that suffering. Now, I just want to say this, not to get into a whole discussion on the history and 
who's doing what and who's bad and who's not bad. And I'm, I'm not going to get into this. What I really want to talk about is how do we utilize our higher selves to help become part of the solution, to help um, do something that is productive or to help alleviate the suffering. And I want to remind you that our higher selves is who we are beyond our learned hierarchical beliefs, beyond this perspective that some people are more worthy than others for whatever reason, whether that is their race, their religion, their political affiliation, even their political beliefs. And as people who are representatives of their higher self, we do it through the affirmation of everybody's self-worth. And when you see that your inherent worth is also the worth of your fellow human being, you can't but feel motivated to speak on behalf of affirming the humanity in other people. There is no excuse in the world to be doing as much harm as what's being done. And the horrible violence and horrible destruction, horrible murder of of children, of people who in no way, shape, or form would want this to be happening or deserve this to be happening. And this is something that is a product of a world that teaches people that the only way to empower themselves is to dominate other people. And it feeds these power hungry leaders and who are desperate to remain in control um, because they actually cannot access a deeper sense of empowerment. So the work that you do in your personal life that might seem somewhat disconnected to what is happening on other parts of the world isn't disconnected. When we are willing to unlearn our hierarchical perspective, when we are willing to affirm our self-worth, what we're actually doing is affirming it in every human being. Because there's a difference between saying we are better than other people or I'm better than this person and an ego boost than actually really knowing what it really means to to feel empowered and that power comes from the acknowledgement of your wholeness and the wholeness of all living things so that's what this podcast is about and I didn't want to shy when I came back to hear and shy from talking about this. I could have completely ignored it because, you know, we know a lot of wellness people, a lot of spiritual people are, um, and I'm not passing judgment on them. That's not what this is about. But for me, I just, I cannot possibly see how we can dissociate our personal journeys of connecting to our higher self with how we are connected on, to a larger global family and to our sense of humanity. Our self-compassion is compassion for others. They are inherently connected. So I just wanted to point that out, that the work that we're doing here isn't just about, you know, making ourselves happy. There's a difference between cultivating joy and having some kind of ego boost, right? We're trying to cultivate joy in the sense of joy coming from the acknowledgement of our wholeness and being willing to take part in the healing. And that looks different for everybody, but I think 
you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I think you can feel the call in your own way. And just so you know, the more you give yourself love, like the more you compassion you cultivate for your wounds and moving beyond identifying with them, that's when you actually start to see the expansive possibility of a healed world as well and how you can be a voice in that, whether that's acknowledging the worth in every human being, saying something to help somebody feel good about themselves. I mean, there's so many different ways that your higher self is part of this bigger plan. And so, yeah, I I just wanted to, to say that right off the bat. This has been a really difficult time for the world. And I think that, unfortunately, there will be difficult times ahead of us as well, but we are here and we're going to continue to show up for love and we're going to continue to be compassionate for each other. We're going to continue to acknowledge that a lot of people have unaddressed wounds. A lot of people don't have the awareness yet, but we live by example and that's the work. That's the work that we do. All right, deep breath. <sighs> Let's move on. I'm going to read our very first listener question. Before I do, I just want to say thank you so much to this person for sending us their question, being so generous with their vulnerability. Everyone listening right now is extremely grateful. Here is the question. Subject, how do I get out of my own way? If you struggled with letting go of fears that hold you back from showing up authentically, how do you overcome that? I'm an artist who still hasn't shared my ideas with the world, but I know in my heart I have an audience and that someone else out there needs it, like how I've needed other people's art. And now I want to, but it's like I'm paralyzed. What do I do? Oh, I totally know this feeling. You get a tinge of creative inspiration, maybe ideas pop into your head, but when you actually think about executing them, all the anxiety and the fear makes it feel nearly impossible. And so you keep putting it off and then it's like the longer you put it off, the more pressure you feel to do it and the more anxiety it gives you, then you feel ashamed that you haven't done it. And it's just like this whole cycle. I've definitely been in that cycle. And then you're just paralyzed. But before we talk about how to let go of this paralysis, I'd like to get into where the fear is coming from because a huge part of being able to harness that courage and do the thing that you're afraid of is understanding where that fear is stemming from. We've all been raised in a culture that taught us that we have to earn self-worth through fitting into an image of success. And that could be success in our careers, our economic or social status, our relationships, our creative pursuits, whatever. And we're given that messaging from popular culture, from the environment we grew up in. And you could call that messaging or the criteria with which we need to fit in to be successful learned hierarchical beliefs. LHBs are 
any belief or any criteria that we are taught that we need to attain in order to be worthy compared to other people. And and they're based on a fundamental belief that some people are more worthy than others. And we all grew up with LHBs. Some of them are more prominent than others, but we all have them. But despite being taught that we can achieve happiness and self-worth and acceptance by raising ourselves on that hierarchical ladder that society teaches us. It's actually pursuing those LHBs and, and being in that framework that stands in the way of our self-worth and stands in the way of our happiness because they prevent us from being in touch with our true empowerment. Everyone is born worthy and and it's not something you have to earn, but if you think that you're always having to earn it, you're never really going to actually get there because once you get one level of success, there's always another level of success that you have to achieve and you spend your whole life trying to get higher and higher on this hierarchical ladder that really has no, no end. Remember when we were little and we were encouraged to be creative for the simple purpose of just expressing ourselves? Remember we used to be doing finger painting and dress up and singing and dancing. It was just for the fun of it and the adults around us encouraged us to do it. But then at some point in our socialization, there was like this clear line between what it meant to be a quote-unquote real artist and someone who just shouldn't bother doing art anymore because they didn't fit into a predetermined definition of, of good or talented or gifted. And those predetermined ideas of what made something good is actually a lot based on LHBs around like racism, classism, and sexism. But this is not <laughs> an art history lesson. And I can go on and on about how racism, classism, and sexism, LHBs, have colored our perspective on art and in art industries and how it still is detrimental to artistic self-expression. But I go into a much more deeper dive of that in my book, Hello Higher Self. So if you're interested in learning more about the myth of good and bad art, um, be sure to pre-order that. But anyways, back to your dilemma. My point is, is that this fear of failure that's leaving you with this paralysis is really based on this false belief that you are already fundamentally lacking and that everything you do in life is actually only safe to do it if it can ensure that you will keep climbing up that illusionary hierarchical ladder. Otherwise, it can have the power to totally diminish you. And that's why it's so scary because you're like, it either can make me or break me. But you know, that voice that's telling you that, that fear is really just your LHBs talking. It's not your true self because your higher self knows that deep down, that isn't true. Actually, this whole thing is bullshit. (laughs) Your higher self knows that everybody's self-expression has power, has value, is important because every person is important. Every person has value. Every person's experience has value. 
And that part of you that feels inspired to create, that part of you where you said in your question that intuitively knows that somebody would feel inspired by your art, that it does have an audience, that you are saying something you know that somebody could connect to, that is your higher self speaking to you through your heart. I mean, that is your truth. And a lot of times we can hear the voice of our higher self, but then the voice of our LHVs is really, really loud too. And we kind of get stuck because we've got one part of us calling us towards doing something that in our heart we know we want to do. But then we have these thoughts in our head that say, oh, well, I don't know if you should do that because if it's not immediately successful, then, you know, people are going to find out that you're not good enough and that you suck and that you're a failure and you're going to lose all self-respect and nobody's going to like you, you know, and, and this whole narrative that plays out in your head that's just not true. It really keeps you from doing something that actually is right for you and and that could really, really be enjoyable. And unlearning those LHBs is really hard. So no matter what, facing that and still doing it is going to feel uncomfortable. So this is not about staying away from uncomfortable feelings. Because when you're so ingrained in a belief system, like we all are, based on our fear of lack and inadequacy, doing something that is actually affirming our worth is going to feel so weird. It's going to feel really off because we're just not used to doing it. It's going to give us anxiety. It's going to, you know, maybe make our tummy hurt. (laughs) But it's really important to distinguish the you that has been getting in your own way. Like when you said in your question, how do you get out of your own way? Well, who is the you that's getting in your way? Because what I'm saying here is that you're not getting in your own way. It's your beliefs that are getting in your own way. And you are not those beliefs. You are not your LHBs. You are your higher self. That is like the part of you that knows that this is right for you that intuitive wisdom. LHBs were designed to disempower us because it maintains that hierarchical structure. It maintains people always needing to be othered and other people needing to always be better. It's based on disempowerment, not empowerment. So when we keep living our lives based on those beliefs, we're going to continually feel disempowered and we're going to continue to feel um, unhappy and like we're not living our authentic self because it isn't authentic to us. We were created with a power within us that nothing really can truly diminish. It can only be hidden for some time. And on the path of our higher self is about remembering who we really are. It's not about becoming something better. It's about recognizing what we always have been. And you can do this. And if you need a little bit more support when it comes to harnessing the power of your higher self with your creativity, make sure that you get a copy of my book because I do spend a lot of time about my journey and creativity and and finding uh, my higher self to help me continuously be creative and find joy in that. Um, and also just to know, like some days it's going to be more difficult. Some days it's going to feel easy, but 
all your job really is, is to just show up and just let it, let yourself channel whatever needs to be said through you. You can do this. I believe in you. Take care, babe. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, An Outsider's Guide to Loving Yourself in a Tough World is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, let's move on to our next question. Subject, seeking advice on how to navigate a relationship with a partner who experiences depression. Hi, Bunny. I've been a longtime listener, but first time writing in a question of my own. I am so thankful for this safe space and thankful for your presence and service to your purpose. Okay, here it goes. I'm female 27, have been living with my boyfriend, male 29, for almost two years now. We moved in together pretty fast before we were official. It was meant to be temporary for me until I could find my own place and get back on my feet. Story for another day. Well, I'm still here and we became an official couple not long after I moved in. We have great chemistry and have had many similar hobbies. I would not say our relationship is perfect, but we pair well together. Throughout our time of sharing a home with each other, my partner has hit some really low mood swings. We have talked about it and he has shared with me he has struggled with depression for almost the entirety of his adolescence and adulthood. The depressive episodes are pretty regular, probably at least one day out of every one to two weeks. He usually shuts down, stops responding to me, and is sometimes mean or irritable. Sometimes he mentions life-ending thoughts as well. It is very hard for me to not take it personal. I tend to lean more into anxious attachment style. So when these mood swings hit, I try my best to communicate with him and help however I can without feeling hurt, but usually I do become tearful from his hurtful remarks and acts of pushing me away. I have talked to my therapist about this and she has mentioned lightly suggesting he seek out some type of outlet or some support system of some kind. He refuses to go to therapy himself and is pretty set on believing it will do nothing for him. It can be very draining at times to be around him when he is in these moods because I feel like I'm trying everything I can to have a good day with him. Ultimately, I know that he needs to be the one to seek healing, but it's hard to believe things will ever get better when he spends the moment he wakes up to the moment he goes to sleep on his cell phone. It doesn't seem like he wants to choose healthier behaviors. 
I do not condemn or guilt him for his decisions and encourage or suggest outdoor activities that always seem to help. I love him deeply, but sometimes I feel like the emotional toll validates any buried feelings of unworthiness to receive love. What are tools I can use to not take it personal and also practice self-care in the midst of my partner's depressive episode? Also, does it get better? Hi, sweetheart. I'm so sorry this situation has been challenging. Navigating depression in a partnership is not easy. I related a lot to your letter because it sounds similar to what my partner and I were going through at the beginning of our relationship in 2016. I've mentioned before on this podcast that I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder, and it has been something that over the years I have gotten better at managing. But for probably the first year or so of living with my partner, I still had little understanding of how to cope. Similar to what you were describing, I would go through intervals of extreme lows where feelings of hopelessness consumed me. They would last a couple of days or so. And it was really hard because when I was in the middle of it, it felt like I was in a tunnel of darkness that seemed impossible to get out of. My partner tried to help, but lots of times they couldn't, and it started to affect our relationship in a lot of ways. Then it got so bad that I knew I needed help, and thankfully, through the support of my therapist, I began the process of learning how to manage it. The thing about depression is when you're in it, it almost feels impossible to get out. So when you said that your boyfriend doesn't think therapy can help him, that makes a lot of sense to me because it's his depression that is talking, telling him stories about how it's pointless. And likewise, when you are making suggestions and he's ignoring them or when he says something mean or acts distant, that is also the depression coloring his perspective and reality. The thing about depression is that its main objective is to stay in control, and so it rejects anything that will attempt to disempower it. It makes sense that his behavior hurts your feelings because on a very real level, the point is to shut you out because your love is a threat to the hold that depression has on him. Just like staying on his phone shuts out the world, his coldness shuts you out. It's not your partner's fault that he has this. And I know that this is something that um, you already know, but I just want to just want to say it again that, you know, this is not your partner's fault. And most of the time it's a trauma response from a time in his life when his only way to cope was to shut out the world. His only way to protect himself was to make himself, to not make himself vulnerable to being hurt and so to shut people out. When the world has hurt you or when people have hurt you, it makes sense that you struggle to feel safe enough to trust people. It's important that you know that his behavior isn't because he doesn't love or care about you, it's because he doesn't have the tools or the support to make a different choice. And the only way that will change is if he gets help and support. So 
As much as it's important to have compassion for what he's going through, you also need to know that unless he makes a change, this will not just go away. No matter how much you love him, no matter how patient you are, no matter how much space you give him, no matter what tone you say something in or ways that you want to like cheer him up or activities that you think um, of to do with him. And your needs in a partnership are also very important. You deserve a partner that is willing to grow with you. You deserve a partner that is treating you with kindness. There's a difference between being compassionate for your partner and supporting them through their struggles and enabling a situation where you grow more and more resentful of your needs not being validated. The truth is you need him to get the help he needs because the way things are right now, it's not working for you. That doesn't mean that if he starts going to therapy, everything will be great from then on. It means that he's willing to address his issues just like you're willing to address yours. A healthy relationship requires both people being accountable for their own healing Otherwise, this stuff festers and eventually the relationship gets toxic. Things become toxic when wounds are not addressed. It's like any other wound. If you don't address it, it gets more and more toxic. It gets more and more infected. Perhaps with the help of your therapist, you can find a way to communicate to him that this isn't just about him. It's also about your needs and the health of the relationship. Sometimes when we make it about your needs and not just that they need to change, but that you need a certain kind of support, it's actually easier for them to hear you because you're not saying that the problem is you and if you were different, then I would be happy. It's more saying, I have these needs and I want this relationship to be a safe place for me and a place where we can grow together. Can you be a supportive partner in helping us figure out how we can make this relationship healthy for both of us? And I think that if you talk to your therapist about ways that you can communicate that to your boyfriend, that you might be able to make some real headway, especially just even in the sense that he understands what this feels like for you and why this is difficult for you and how it affects you. And you have such an amazing insight. You've obviously done a lot of inner work to acknowledge, okay, this is my attachment style. This is why this is hurting me. But just because you have that awareness and and you know that you have this anxious attachment doesn't mean that then you just have to bear all of the burden of doing (laughs) the inner work. And even though he has his struggles too, he's also capable of addressing this stuff and, and showing up with you. That's how relationships become sustainable is if they are willing to evolve. And a relationship is like this organism that you are cultivating together, collaborating with, and it takes both people to to water it. I remember when my partner Kara had to tell me honestly how much my depression was affecting them and it was really hard to hear. And of course, I was really defensive and because I was also just really ashamed. Um, but the more help I got, the more I realized that 
it's nothing to be ashamed of. Now, having depression doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. You know, it's funny because it's not a coincidence that we fall for people who inevitably show us our wounds because that's what relationships do. They inspire us to heal. And what could be more loving than that? I just want you to know, babe, that your needs are just as valid as your partner's needs. And in order for both of you to feel seen, you both have to be heard. So if you can create an environment or some kind of dialogue, and maybe that even means seeing if he'll come with you to one of your sessions to talk about it. I don't know. But something has to move here. I just want you to feel seen in this relationship. Otherwise, I don't know how much longer you're going to be able to, to carry this on your own. I'm sending you and your partner so much love. Take care. You know, for a long time, I had a lot of shame when it came to my struggles with depression because I thought, well, if I was really connected to my higher self, then I wouldn't feel depressed. I would always feel happy. It would have me start to question whether or not this love inside me was real. If I can't always access my higher self, then maybe it's not real. I thought, how do I reconcile this? the darkness would bring in another layer of shame. It was like I was depressed, but then I was depressed because I was depressed. Until I realized that our higher self is a part of us that knows we are enough, just how we are. And that includes the things that we struggle with, our negative thoughts, our LHBs, our depression, our anxiety, all of it. Our higher selves are holding us in compassion, in love, through the ups and downs of our experiences and our thoughts. Our higher self is our consciousness, our spirit. It is the container with which all of these things happen. And it's the awareness behind our thoughts. It's not the thoughts, it's the awareness behind our thoughts. My therapist also helped me understand that trauma has physiological effects on our body and on our nervous system. And sometimes our bodies and our brains are reacting to certain things through our feelings and our emotions and our anxiety and our thoughts, even though in a very deep place in our heart, we know that we're not worthless. Um, we know that we're lovable despite our thoughts telling us that we're not. Our higher selves know that even on the days where it feels nearly impossible to believe that we're lovable, that doesn't make it any less true. As the cliche goes, just because the clouds are obscuring the sunlight doesn't mean that the sun isn't there. We have always been and we will always be whole. And we are always held in something greater than ourselves. You know, our higher selves is love. It's something that language can't even really put into words, but it is a part of us that is connected to every other living being. It is, it is oneness. And I know that some of you listening right now, when I say those things, there's something that stirs in your body. There's something that stirs in your consciousness. There's some kind of opening to this 
recognition of that, despite language being so limiting and and how it can describe it. And ultimately, higher self is a word for something that really no words can describe. This brings me to actually something new that I have decided to do every episode, which is to give you a little homework assignment. Don't worry, it's not (laughs) really like homework or work. Um, But every week I am going to give you a new higher self mantra to say to yourself throughout the week in the morning or whenever you're struggling or anytime you feel called to, I'm hoping that these higher self mantras will be helpful reminders during the week uh, to connect to your higher self. I definitely think using them in the morning as part of your morning routine, maybe journaling about them or just saying them to yourself first thing and being grounded in that truth can really, really be helpful. But there's no right or wrong way to use a mantra, obviously, um, or an affirmation or whatever word you want to use. Okay. So the very first higher self weekly mantra, this week's mantra is every part of me makes me whole. I'll repeat that again. Every part of me makes me whole. This mantra is about accepting all the parts of ourselves, even the ones that we're working on letting go of, because we're always whole. And the ups and downs of our experiences, even the negative thoughts, even the stuff that, you know, we're, we're working on healing in our wounds, it's, it's all part of our wholeness. And when we start to accept ourselves with love, that's when those things actually become less of a burden because we can be like, oh, I see that over there. I see it. But you know, that doesn't fully define me. It's just something that (laughs) is passing by. All right. So let me just repeat the higher self weekly mantra again. Every part of me makes me whole. Okay, my loves, that wraps up this week's episode. I'm so glad to be back. Don't forget, if you want early access to next week's episode, you can sign up on our Patreon at patreon.com backslash exohiresself. I believe that when this episode comes out, if you want to listen to another one, you can already listen to it, if not today or the next day, because the early access is actually an entire week early. So if you need another episode, we're here. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can sign up as a subscriber and get access to the early episodes and ad-free episodes. Don't forget to please, please rate and review and comment. Do all of those things that help boost this podcast in the podcast app algorithm. It works a lot like social media. The more engagement, the more the podcast is seen, the more it's seen, the more listeners we get, the more people get this message and get the higher self inspiration that they probably need because we all need it, including me. Um, I'm right there with you on learning this stuff. So let's just keep doing it together. Keep supporting each other. One last time, the higher self mantra of the week is every part of me makes me whole. I love you so much and so does your higher self. I will see you next week. 
Take care. Bye. If you have a question that you would like to be featured on the podcast, you can write us an email or record a voice memo and send it to xohigherself at gmail.com. For bonus content, including early access to weekly episodes, ad-free episodes, and bonus episodes, be sure to sign up on our Patreon as a subscriber at patreon.com slash xohigherself. Or if you listen to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app, you can easily sign up as an Apple subscriber on our show page and get access to that same bonus content. Thanks, y'all. This podcast is recorded in Kingston, New York and produced by Kara Gilvey and me, Bunny Michael. Original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.